How are you guys doing? I mean, it's be it's it's I don't know why this is playing again. How are you guys doing? You know, it's it's wonderful to be back again, you know. It's, it's been a, it's more than 2 months, but I don't care. I'll just do it whenever I can because you know, there's no point kind of just uh uh kind of rushing through things, you know, because I just didn't find time. Anyways, it's almost uh it's it's nearly I mean, four months of this of this year is almost over, 2023, and I can't believe it. But anyways, uh, we need to do this uh, episode. I need to do this episode personally for myself. And to all you guys listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, this is Merle Colasso bringing my number whatever episode on the Just Nobody podcast. Um, and I just want to say I, I am really begging... Uh, the earth and praying to the earth every single day telling it hey hey dear earth you know please just kind of uh just kind of move on a separate kind of change your orbital elongate your orbit a little more you know so that we can kind of have more time in a year four months like uh, 12 months just go by 12 four months of this year is almost gone it's already may and i can't believe it like i just remember last year when i said it's almost six months of 2022 and now we're almost nearing you know we're in the fifth month of 2023 like how can this even be possible time literally flies and i'm not ready for this yeah i mean it's too fast like since the last time i had <clears throat> an episode uh it was um oh you know uh there are two seasons that have passed from my previous episode to now so Literally, you know, it's like flying, like, I don't know. Anyways, hope you're all doing well, because, um, or what I say, how's, how, what's, what's going on, you know? What's going on? Like, uh, like that famous song, which song was that? What's going on? And I wake up in the morning and I step outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high and I scream on top of my lungs, what's going on? And I say, hey, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time's flying. What's going on? Like literally. It's really, it's really freaking me out, actually, you know, the way time's just flying by. Anyways, I have a few things to talk about uh, this episode. I won't say this week or this month or uh, uh, the in this bi-month episode, but I have a few things to talk about. Um, f- the first thing that really, you know, kind of everyone's talking about, um, you know, AI, artificial intelligence, intelligence and it's it's something that is uh, soon going to take over the world. That's what I feel because everything is artificial intelligence. You know, it started with uh, ChatGPT, which was opened by uh, OpenAI, an organization that started ChatGPT. And I've used personally used ChatGPT and used it a bit just to see how it really functions. And I'm amazed at what it can do. You can ask it any damn thing, you know, and it has an answer for you. Anything around the world, like it has an answer 
for you. It's it's a brilliant uh, tool with, you know, I think it's chat GPT and the GPT in chat GPT stands for generative pre-trained transformer, which is a type of a language model. And that's how it got, got the name. And this model is trained basically to, uh, to process and ta- tasks like, you know, answering questions, summarizing text, generating lines of code. Believe me, like in chat GPT, uh, had a million users in just five days of launch, literally. Like I logged in maybe in those five days. Like I was one of those million users who logged in and I, I used it a bit. And I said, let me just check this I, this thing because, you know, although uh, I'm not very well versed with the back end of what, uh, what happens in technology, but I like using new technology, you know. So uh, uh, the only problem that I found with ChatGP from my experience is the sources. Like it never tells you, you know, what are the sources that it got the information from. Like say, for instance, you're just typing, okay, tell me something about, uh, uh, is there is there an international law for uh, for nations, for countries all over the world to accept refugees? Like is there an international law? It'll come up with a lot of um, a lot of answers, but there are no sources cited. Like where did you get this information from? No sources, so you you really cannot trust the information that ChatGPT really gives you. You know you have to kind of look at other sources, two to three more sources, and say, okay, fine, let's 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 compare this. Yeah, okay, fine, it's right or not. It's like real life. You know when you're reading a story, when you're reading any story that comes out, like you know, say for instance, you 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 found a story on Twitter or you read it somewhere in a newspaper, you just don't believe it blindly, you know, like real life. We look at through other through three sources and they say, okay, you know, I think it's somewhat right or it's correct or it's just false propaganda. So it's like that. So ChatGPT does not give you that. You have to verify with other sources. So that's what I found. Otherwise, it's a brilliant tool. I mean, it does this, uh, it does the work that it's supposed to do. So when it comes to, this is a starting point. You know, ChatGPT is just the beginning. I'm telling you, it's not it's not cryptocurrency. You know, when cryptocurrency really came, it was like this shit is never gonna uh, make it big. Like I, I knew that shit is never gonna make it big. Like crypt- cryptocurrency was not only difficult to understand, it was also very expensive. It was not free. You know, uh, to be able to use cryptocurrency, you either had to understand what that shit is which i don't really know what cryptocurrency really means and what it does and secondly it was also very expensive you need to you needed to have money to make those investments but uh i I, and i knew at that time you know that this cryptocurrency shit is never going to pick up with the market it's going to really you know kind of crash uh but ai artificial intelligence is not going fucking anywhere this thing is only going to get bigger and bigger as we get along, um, you know, and uh, because one thing, it's free and it's so easy to understand. Even a fifth grader can really pick it up so quickly. It's so simple to use. So uh, so with that, having said that, you know, ChatGPT definitely will have ethical problems, you know, like school children are using it to solve homework questions and exams which is not the way, you know, to look forward. You can just type your questions. School children these days are just kind of going to chat GPT and getting all the exams and test answers from there. Because chat GPT is really solving all the problems. So are they going to learn anything, you know? Coders are using it to kind of write their codes. Deepfake videos are being created, photos, deepfake voice, even audio bits are kind of 
uh, deep faked using artificial intelligence. There's explicit co- content that is kind of floating around. A lot of propaganda. Like who's going to control all this? And a lot of these jobs, it's going to take away jobs because, um, of course, not all jobs can really be taken up. For example, like journalistic journalists will never go out of job because you know um, when you're writing a story or you when you're writing anything you need to have some nuances you know to the the story ethical thinking skills critical thinking skills which chat gpt can't really do you know it'll just kind of rut everything down you ask a question okay in its own world but what about bringing nuances critical thinking ethical thinking it doesn't have that um then also, you know, we we kind of use, we like to use a lot, a lot of sarcasm and irony when we're talking. Like, you know, hey, that thing is really good. We say, oh, I'll, that thing was so great. You know, I can tell you uh, when actually you meant that shit, the thing was shitty. So there's this, the way you can say it, like, you know, adding some irony in the conversation. ChatGPT can't do that. Like, for instance, you know, uh, uh, it's going to take away the jobs, but it'll never take away the jobs of comedians. No way. You know, I would never pay to see a robot because I need a wipe check. And if there's no wipe check in a conversation, I'm going to shut off, you know. I'm not going to, I'm just going to turn off, not going to argue, not going to debate, not going to fight, not going to be confrontational. I'm just just not going to participate. Because in a conversation, what we are basically looking for is the environment, the situation, the emotions, the body language, the behavior, the expressions, ChatGPT or artificial intelligence can't bring that out, you know, in a conversation. So that that's where, you know, these are the negative things about artificial intelligence. It can't really bring that human factor, that human uh, factor and emotions into the conversation. And that's where it fails. But at the same time, we need to be careful because... There are a number of ethical problems and there should be rules, you know, uh, to kind of uh, make sure that it's not misused. Uh, like I, I came across this uh, artificial intelligence tool called CRISP AI. Uh, CRISP AI. Yeah. Now, this is an artificial intelligence powered noise cancellation app that mutes background noise in real time. You know, so if you're on Zoom uh, and there's a lot of noise happening in the background you can use this crisp ai tool the artificial intelligence app and kind of mute the background so the person only can listen to you which is brilliant i believe there's another uh, there's another tool that i came across which is called the kick resume ai you know which helps you automate your cv creation with ai powered resume builder which i think is pretty pretty cool it's something so you know Although we're talking about these, you know, uh, these unethical things about about chat, about artificial intelligence, like, you know, school children are going to learn anything. You know, coders will just use it to kind of code. Deep fake videos will be created. There'll be a lot of propaganda, a lot of deep fake voice out there, you know, explicit content, etc. But besides that, there are some apps that will really do well, you know, I mean, and uh, we, we can use it because they're just going to help us do the work better like crisp AI and kick resume uh, AI, which is pretty good. But another good thing is, uh, although we're talking about this, uh, many, many technology leaders like Elon Musk, Sundar Pichai, they've asked AI labs to stop 
training AI systems because I think it's machine. They call it machine learning. I don't know how this really works, but you got to train train these artificial intelligence systems uh, to be able to you know kind of generate these responses like ChatGPT. Uh, so there are a number of technology experts or leaders saying that we need to halt this or kind of a pause, put a pause on training these systems because of all these unethical issues that can happen. I think they wrote a letter and they've also mentioned that we need government to intervene uh, because their concerns of taking away jobs, spreading propaganda, outsmarting and replacing humans. And these must be addressed by the government before AI really takes over. And I think it makes sense really makes sense because it can be really dangerous. I remember, you know, these images were floating around of uh, Pope Francis in a puffer jacket. And I really thought, like, what happened to uh, Pope Francis? I really thought that was real, you know, when I looked at it. But Gwen see, hey, man, these were images that were just made on AI. And Pope Francis looked so real in those images, like unbelievable what artificial intelligence can do, you know. Like even, you know, uh, how about watermarking? Uh, like, you know, putting a watermark on all these images or all these videos or all these audio pieces that are created by putting a watermark that says, this is an AI job. You know, if Pope Francis's photos that were floating around with a puffer jacket had a kind of an AI, uh, an artificial intelligence watermark, probably, you know, it would not freak out people. So... That's what I think, you know. Um, um, like I came across this. Um, uh, I think I think uh, this uh, it it the Italians uh, Italy has uh, banned ChatGPT because you know it has no regulations. There's no age restrictions, no legal basis of the massive collection and processing of personal data that those machines are trained to follow, because they're basically following algorithms. So they're collecting data, you know. How safe are they? So Italy has really banned ChatGPT. And also because it can uh, give incorrect answers and there's no fact-checking. Because I'm actually amazed by what ChatGPT can do. I won't lie. I mean, it's ChatGPT and also other AI, you know, functions. Because I came across this this AI-generated song, which was uh, by songwriter, generated by... Ghostwriter977, that's the handle name of this person uh, on TikTok. And I think I didn't see it on TikTok, but I saw it when it was published on YouTube, uh, where it was featuring AI, artificial intelligence, Drake and The Weeknd. And the song literally, you know, felt like Drake and The Weeknd were singing the song, especially, you know, The Weeknd was, it was, it sounded so similar. And I want to play a part of it. Uh, the song is called Heart in My Sleeve. It's AI Drake, AI The Weeknd, and I want you guys to listen to it. I mean, it's so damn similar, especially The Weeknd when he comes and gets into the song. I mean, no one would really believe it, you know, that um, that uh, it's not those artists. So if this is going to happen, you know, it, AI can also kind of mess with voice, mess with video, mess with photos, you know, then, I mean... We're not looking at anything safe ahead. I think, you know, there should be regulations and then let it flow around. Let me just play the song. I like the song. I really loved it. 
uh, hard on my sleeve and it's AI generated. That's a weekend. Damn, if this songs are going to be like that, and this is AI generated. If you have AI songs generated like this, I don't know what's going to happen to the music industry. Or, you know, in a plot twist, what if, what if we were listening to all AI generated songs till now, you know? And these artists kept saying, hey, you know, these are my original songs. You never know. Uh, because this song really sounds like Drake and The Weeknd. Like, I, I, I cannot argue. I mean, this really sounds like... Um, uh, like Drake in the weekend. And, uh, huh, it scares me, man. AI yeah, is scary. It's really scary. Um, right. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> I like how you can say anyway, and then the go to the next topic anyway, and then change track, you know, with the, with the, with, uh, change track to another topic. Anyway, you're not interested in some what someone is saying. Anyway, uh, you're you're tired of what you were saying and you want to change track. Anyway, you know I like the way. Anyway, you can just say anyway and just kind of uh, move to the next thing. <laughs> right. So, and since we're talking about artificial intelligence, you know, um, there, there's a lot, there was a lot of noise also about how, you know, everybody, uh, especially in the United States, they're planning to ban, uh, ban uh, TikTok because it's a Chinese app. Like, because it's a Chinese app, they're taking away our data. Our data is not safe. There's no privacy. Like, we need to ban TikTok. I think it's already banned in India because of the same thing, but... Hey, man, it's ridiculous. Like, because something is Chinese, uh, you're going to just ban it? Like, you're just going to ban it because there's some privacy issues? What about other social media sites? Are they really safe? Like, who told you, like, the other social media sites are safe? There's no privacy on any of the social media sites, you know? It's an accepted fact. It's by default. If you join the social media site, hey, man, you're not safe. Your data is not safe. You're joining it with a very clear, uh, a very clear understanding that it's not safe. So it's utterly ridiculous, you know, when they say that social media tools are the, we need to ban TikTok, which doesn't make sense because social media tools are the most powerful and integrated tool that we, you know, the common people, the just and nobodies, have to voice our ideas, projects, point of view perspectives, opinions, learn about the world, connect with people around the world and learn about how 
each one of us, no matter where you live in the world, think, you know. It is such a diverse tool. It has increased diversity. It has made us know how each one of us are so similar in so many ways. Like, who knew? And you just, you know, these guys, they just wake up. Hey, man, my God. They're all getting united on social media. They're all getting united. They're getting to know each other. Let's ban it. United we stand, divided we fall. Let's divide these people. It's amazing, you know, social media is really amazing and you need to give it like 100 on 100, although there are some privacy issues, although there are, that's all for granted. You got to, you got to, you don't join social media if you think that, you know, hey man, what's going to happen to my private data? Hey, uh, nothing. It's going to be, it's gone. It's amazing how you can just be sitting in Italy and then know what's happening in Australia, you know, so using social media. It's amazing how you can, how you can know how the French people are fighting a regulation, you know, whether the government, I believe, has uh, raised the retirement age of the, as, of the people, of civilians, from 64 to 62 so that they could delay their pensions. Everybody's watching. It's happening in France. But people all around the world know what's happening in France. Why? Social media. You know, we would not really know. Today, all you need is a camera on your phone and you can just kind of expose people using social media. Um, and then the good thing is, you know, when we see what's happening in other countries and say, hey, you know, these protests, uh, okay, if it were finally, eventually, I think it's still going on. But if, eventually, if, they, uh, if they're successful and the people are successful in getting what they want, you know, people in other countries can say, hey, man, that tactic is good. You know, if we want something, we should use that strategy rather than reinventing the wheel. So it really works that way. Um, but banning, banning social media or banning TikTok, scary thing. Their reasoning basically is that it's Chinese and that there are privacy issues. But hey, man. Tell me, which social media site is safe and non-predatory? Wasn't a social media company a few years ago. I don't know. I won't name it. But they, there was a huge kind of leak of information of users. This, the social media company is still open. Why is it still open? Because it's not Chinese? That's crazy. So... Um, so banning TikTok basically is not going to end privacy issues, predatory behavior. It's just to silence people who use TikTok to be informed, to learn, to raise their voice, to create awareness. That's the only thing that I see here. And no one should be allowed to do that. The only thing that I can maybe, you know, kind of uh, think about is protecting kids from using or getting fished by predators. Why? Are kids allowed on social media? I don't really get it. Like, why? You got to be 18 to really join any social media sites. That's my understanding. And I was a teenager once. I don't think you need to really be on this, uh, on social media to do what? Like, you know, you need to go out and play. You know, those are years, teenagers that you'll never get back. So there should be an age limit. 
maybe 18 years is what I say because these days I see so many kids who are on social media as young as 13 years old like what the fuck are you all doing there like why why and their parents uh, their parents are you know there are some of them who say their parents are managing their accounts uh and then you have you know little toddlers kind of dancing and performing and singing while their parents are managing their accounts i don't think that's really fair you know to those kids why do parents want their kids on social media anyway thank goodness when i was a kid social media was not a big thing because today i would not really like the person i would be if if i was on social media all day like i played so much i don't know where the kids really do it these days really scary the best answer is raise the social the raise the age you know to 18 keep social media because it connects us to the local region national global world that's it raise the, raise the age to 18 years because recently a 13 year old kid a boy as young 13 year old boy he died because he tried the benedrol challenge on uh on i think it was tiktok yeah, i think tiktok where the kids you know were told that they need to take six times the recommended dose uh of benedrol in order to induce hallucinations which is like i don't know what kids are up to like and the kids so why are they on that you know on the platform and that kid i think he literally uh he died i believe yeah i think he died yeah he died he was sent to er and then he died there so keeping out the kids of social media is really the way to go uh and social media is for the commoners for the just nobodies for the people who really get a platform to voice what they feel it's not a capitalistic media meant for the privileged rich and the powerful you know That's all that I'm saying. That's all that I'm saying, you know. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not saying anything. All I'm saying is just raise the age limit for people on social media. Keep kids below the age of 18 away from these platforms. They don't need to be there. They're young, they're teenagers. You know, go out and play, explore the world. don't scroll through a mo- a phone don't do that you know that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> what's going on and so i wake up in the morning and i sit outside and i take a deep breath and i get real high and i scream on top of my lungs what's going on and i say hey yeah 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 hey yeah yeah i say hey what's going on <laughs> anyway uh anyway 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 I really envy you know artists not envy in the sense not envy envy like not jealous or anything but I really envy artists who can really use their talents and skills to really express uh themselves you know to express uh, what's going on in their mind 
like musicians who can communicate through the music. Um, and, uh, you know, I really love that, that they could do that, you know, like, you know, whatever's going on in their mind, whatever's going, their, going on in their life, they can just kind of write the lyrics to a song and they say it's like, it's like therapy for them, you know. Uh, music is the ultimate time machine. I like how it can take you back in time. So even us as listeners, you know, it's, it's really a time machine. It feels good when you listen to music. It's like a real relaxer. It can, uh, I literally used to, you know, call music shows and ask uh, them to play my songs. Like I was so crazy about music as a kid. Uh, and, uh, you know, as, you know, it, music is the ultimate time machine, like I always say. And it can, like, you know, literally, I can tell you when I listened to Spice Girls the first time, when I listened to Hoobie Stanks, the reason for the first time. I can tell you exactly what I was doing, where I was, and which, how, how I was, where I was sitting when I listened to Natalie Imbruglia's tone, uh, which is, which is so great, you know, it's like memories it's like a flashback it's like a flashback friday it's like a throwback thursday which happens in your mind when you when i listen to a song music is the ultimate time machine so i love artists who can do this you know um uh like i remember you know i'd written to i don't know whether i mentioned this earlier but i i was i was in bombay at that time and um i'd written to this music station is channel we and uh, it was headquartered in Hong Kong at that time. And I'd written to this, uh, to the host at that time. And uh, I-, I wrote a nice letter and I said, hey, man, I really love your show. Uh, I want to make a kind of a dedication. And I made a dedication, I think, of Spice Girls uh, to, to a few of my friends. And these guys, they read my letter and uh, they wanted to shoot an entire episode on Channel We, you know, in my home. And that was a surprise kind of visit. So they traveled all the way from Hong Kong, which was the headquarters, and they moved, they came to Bombay, which was a surprise. So I didn't know. They just knocked on my door and said, hey, you know, I said, what the fuck? This guy's here? Like, it was called the On Demand um, uh, on Channel We. And then, uh, and then they shot an entire episode, and I was like, wow, man, this, like, literally was great it was uh uh I, I was like really thrilled at that time you know so yeah you must say music is the ultimate time machine and that's why i keep saying you know these kids and the teenagers and these young like toddlers or whatever they should be doing other things you don't need to be on social media don't waste your time there you know that's for adults you know we gotta handle that then another another thing is you know uh about artists who can express themselves through their work um, other than musicians, comedians, I believe, they have the power to speak uh, what's, a, a, to share a part of their lives or their experiences through their job. Not all of us get those opportunities, you know, in our professions. Uh, so comedians are another where um, the job is like therapy, you know, when you come out and kind of say what's going on, you feel... Uh, uh, you know, it feels good. Like recently I was watching uh, Chris Rock's live comedy special on Netflix. And I think it was the first time ever anywhere in the world where a comedian came up and did a live show on t- on Netflix. It was a broadcast on Netflix live, which was like for the first time. And I think, you know, normally comedians, they kind of do shows which are recorded. I think they do two shows 
and then they select the best one out of two shows i mean they do the same thing they do the entire special two times in front of two separate crowds and then they select the best one and then they edit it and then it is kind of released to the public but i think chris rock changed that strategy he did a live show which was broadcasted live on netflix for the first time and i watched it and i really loved it i really loved it i loved how on twitter i was on twitter when it was live i think it started at 10:00 on netflix 9 or 10 i think 9 9 or 10 i don't remember the date as well and everyone was tweeting like when is he going to talk about will smith the slap and this and that and i was like having fun it was really nice watching it live because every everyone was talking about it as it was happening uh uh selective outrage was the outrage was the special which was i think i really give it four points i really loved it you know he he talked about so many things everyone was of course waiting for the will smith thing but he touched upon so many things about how people are you know attention seekers these and i love the way he kind of talks i've been watching chris rock for a pretty long time this is not the first time i watched him but uh he talked about you know how people are attention seekers these days you know uh, they they fetch for they rather we wanted love one day and now everyone's like you know wanting likes um uh you know and then there was and he talks about how there was a time when you had to be really excellent you had to be good to be uh to be uh, to get the attention from people you know you had to really be good you had to be excellent you had to be uh to be famous but today you just show your ass you do some crazy shit you play a victim and you become famous which was i think really brilliant which is a fact you know uh so the 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 you know and then he talks about how we live in a world where the emergency room is filled with people with paper cuts which is again very true you know people pretending Uh, and then because of that you know the people who really suffer who are going to trauma or going to difficult time they uh the thing is not really looked at with so that seriousness um and uh, so i just want to play a bit actually about uh, of the special uh that's chris rock and how he talks about attention seekers basically just to give an idea how it was so that uh, and it's all true you know of course he, the first few bits like he he talked about the will smith slap really towards the end like and that was brilliant uh uh he didn't do it in the in the beginning he didn't do it in the middle he did it right in the end i think that's a great thing to do um chris rock is brilliant yeah here it is i'm just playing a bit um here it is yeah uh the 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 the, the special is called selective outrage wait man what the we are addicted to attention can't get enough attention feeding for likes just feeding we used to want love now we just want likes <laughs> posting up pathetic pictures this is me eating sushi like me <laughs> this is me 25 years ago when i was hot like me oh it's fucking sad man just feeding for attention addicted to attention And how do you get attention? Four easy ways to get attention. Number 1, easiest way to get attention. 
Show your ass. <laughs> Show your ass. You will get attention, even if you don't got ass. That's the world we live in. So like Black China has more followers than Gail King. Because China is showing that ass. That's right. So number one, show your ass. Number two easiest way to get attention is to be infamous. Yeah, do some fucked up shit. Shoot up a school. Try to stab Dave Chappelle at a show. That's right. Infamy. You will get attention. Number three. Easiest way to get attention, that's right, to be excellent. That's right, like Serena Williams, greatest tennis player to ever play the game. Absolutely excellent. Being excellent will get you attention, but it's hard being excellent. You gotta get up in the morning. <laughs> you gotta work out, you gotta practice. It is much easier to show your ass. Right. And the number four easiest way to get attention, number four, is to be a victim. You're like, ooh, where he going with this? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There's, there's, no, there's no victim shaming going on, no. No, 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 no. There are real victims in this world. There are people that have gone through unspeakable trauma. And they need your love. They need your support. They need your care. But... If everybody claims to be a victim, when the real victims need help, ain't nobody gonna be there to help them, okay? And right now we live in a world where the emergency room is filled up with motherfuckers with paper cuts. Okay? That's right. Everybody trying to be a victim. People that know good and goddamn well, they ain't victims. Like, yeah, that's 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 the only bit that I think I'll play. But um, how much of bloody sense did he really make? I mean, total sense, you know. This is what we are seeing: attention, attention seekers. Nobody wants to be a nobody today. No one wants to be just a nobody. Everyone wants to kind of get that attention, you know. Uh, which is crazy. I, I really love that bit um, where he talks about. Of course, everyone is waiting, you know, everyone is waiting about when is he going to talk about Will Smith stuff like that. But I liked his Will Smith jokes as well, where he talks about how uh, he talks about the size of Will Smith. And he says, Will Smith is so huge, you know. And this guy, he comes and hits me, who's who's a kind of as compared to himself. Like, you know, you never hit someone who you who you know you're going to win against. And that's that's a great statement. I mean. Uh, that's a very cowardly move to really hit someone who's weaker than you, you know. Uh, and a few punchlines that he talks about, you know, people say words hurt. And that these people who say that they don't really know what it is like to be smacked in the face. I'm just paraphrasing. I cannot say. I don't remember the exact words that he used. But yeah, that's what he said. And he says that, hey, you know, joking about it, I love comedians how they can you know make a joke about something so serious you know getting slapped at such a big event right in front of so many people it's scary it's sad but this guy made some good jokes and i'm glad that he covered it because it's like therapy you know you got to get it out and i think got it out after a year that's pretty long 
you know he talks about how uh, will smith is always in in all his movies he's shirtless uh you know and he's showing off his abs and showing off his body uh, and for me like he's talking about himself and for me like if, even if i'm doing a movie when i'm having an open heart surgery i'm going to wear a sweater on because i don't have that body you know to kind of showcase brilliant facts so um yeah so what i'm trying to get to is uh, the bottom line is uh, i love how artists and some jobs where these people who do these jobs perform their jobs are able to kind of express themselves you know through their art musicians comedians performers wow they're so lucky man i wish i was doing one of these things but i don't have that talent it's great man it's great like i was listening to this song which one was it uh, nikki minaj you know since musicians expressing themselves which one was it uh, it's called the seeing green i love it so much man i really love that song oh wait one sec uh, i love it so much because of the lyrics you know she, she's not just kind of rapping bullshit she's rapping sense and that's what is important you know i love how rappers can kind of uh engage an audience with lyrics that uh that you can read a rapper's mind with what they're saying which is brilliant you know like you can you can exactly know like listening to this verse from seeing green by nikki minaj you exactly know what she's trying to say which is so brilliant let me just see if i could play it nikki minaj uh seeing green let me just play it a bit uh because i want you to kind of you know see what i'm trying to say like you know artists who really are able to express what's going on in their mind through their work maybe lyrics maybe script maybe performance which is brilliant let me just play nikki minaj uh, sing green what's it yeah hey yo i am the star in any room that i stand in i am the stand out you just my stand in copy my homework that's what they hand in that's why i'm private like the airports i land in life is a beach house don't let the sand in i ball in any arena go let the fans in i should go cup in new jersey that's what they canned in these bitches time tiktoking better stick to dancing i dng the wallet my money tall and brolic big ass backyards just so papa back could frolic one margarita pizza with parmesan and garlic these bitches that they fucking see why they alcoholic and got ever talk about it when you're all about it just bought a new car not to drive but just to walk around and just call me nikki cock the blicky the menage silent brand new vanilla Maserati having had in dozen he called me solid even though I'm dripping water dyed big booty sticking out my daisy duke's cause a ride these bitches till my sons who could ever deny my packs hit different who could ever supply no one bitch could my up that shit offends me it's copper giants and machines that went against me i wash bitches man they couldn't even rinse me she said she hot as a bitch come and convince me and no seeing green but i'm seeing green even with them full seats they couldn't see the team the k i n g the goat plus me the queen i sent shots and them back off with the scene yes sir 
Wow, man. I really love this song. Really. I mean, I love it. I love it so much that I actually memorized it. <laughs> she's good, man. She's she's Nicki Minaj after all. This is, I think it's a song by Nicki Minaj, Drake, and Lil Wayne. Brilliant. I love that song, Nicki Minaj. Um, you know, where she talks about how, hey man, I love that, uh, you know, where she talks about, uh, I ball in any arena, go let the fans in. Like she's prepared, confidence level, you know. My packs hit different, who could ever supply it? Brilliant. And how people copy her homework and that's what they hand in by copying or making a copy of her recipes. So true. You know, we have seen so many artists who kind of have copied her and she's been there forever. Oh. Yeah, so the bottom line is I love how artists can actually speak their mind to make it very short. You know, it's really a talent to be able to do that. I ball in any arena, go let the fans in. I cop a new jersey. Hey yo, hey yo, I am the star in any room that I stand in. I am the standout. You just my stand in. These bitches copy my homework, that's what they hand in. That's why I'm private like the airports I land in. Life is a beach house, don't let the sand in. I ball in any arena, go let the fans in. I should go cop a New Jersey, that's what they cammed in. These bitches time TikToking, better stick to dancing. I DNG the wallet, my money tall and brolic. Big ass backyards just to pop a pickle frolic. One margarita pizza with parmesan and garlic. These bitches thirsty, I can see why they're alcoholics. And gonna ever talk about it when you're all about it. Just bought a new car not to drive, but just to walk around and just call me Nikki Cock the Blicky the Menage Silent. Brand new vanilla Maserati, I've been hugging dozen. He called me Silk. He called me solid even though I'm dripping water dyed. Big booty sticking out. My Daisy Dukes will cause a ride. These bitches tell my sons who could ever deny it. My packs hit different. Who could ever supply it? No one bitch could be my op that shit offends me. It's carpet giants and machines that went against me. I washed bitches, man. They couldn't even rinse me. She said she hot. I said, well, bitch, come and convince me. And no seeing green. But I'm seeing green. Even with them flow seats, they couldn't see the team. The K-I-N-G, the goat plus me, the queen. I send shots, send them back off, flee the scenes. Yes, sir. Brilliant, man. I love this song so much. Right. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, uh, I just want to kind of touch upon how uh, demotivating it is to see uh, to see how refugees are treated all around the world. You know, we talk about we talk about people who are really fleeing very difficult situations, like uh, from their country. You know, they're not just leaving the country to have a better life; they're leaving the country so that they could live and not die where they're currently in. They 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 they're fleeing basically persecution, war. Conflict, discrimination, violence, extreme poverty, hunger, and natural disasters. Now, these guys are really fleeing very difficult situations, but I hate the way they're being treated. Like recently, when the United Kingdom said that they want to move refugees uh, that are coming in these small boats, 
uh, to Rwanda. Like I didn't really understand the strategy, you know. Uh, it just didn't make sense. No, and not one or two, but thousands of asylum seekers who arrive in small boats. First and foremost, the refugees arriving in these small boats must be so desperate to do it. Like who would really cross, you know, cross an entire sea to be able to so the in a small boat like you know if you're if you're riding if you're coming in a huge boat legally whatever you know it's a different thing but coming in a small boat taking the chance of life or death you know that's how desperate these people are to stay alive the most vulnerable people in our world and them they must be protected and in cost you don't just you know there was this youth slogan and it's not i'm not only talking about the united kingdom it's all around the world the way refugees are not being welcomed you don't stop the boats at them or ship them to rwanda like they're not cattle or amazon package packages they're people human beings man they have the same quantity of blood as the rest of you, every one of us they have the same number of bones like all of us like how can you just kind of turn around them and i was like okay fine the uk is doing it and it's um, for example i'm just giving there are many other countries who are not really willing to accept refugees uh, so is it an international my understand you know my the qu- first question i asked myself is hey man so is is there an international law to protect refugees like is there a law i got to know the answer to that was yes there is a united kingdom refugee agency which is called the unra so what is the unra the next question was what is the unra doing to protect these vulnerable people who we call refugees uh so the ur unra it has um, it's uh, it has an international law uh, which which says that there is a principle called the non refoulement which prevent countries from sending refugees back to a country where their life or freedom would be at risk so this is an international law that if uh, if there are people who are crossing borders or coming in these small boats to your country you are under the international law obligation to accept them and because you can, and as per this principle of non-refoulement you cannot send them back to the country where the life of freedom would be at risk so so that means countries have a legal obligation to provide protection to refugees who are in desperate situations at their borders and they cannot send them back as per the international law so so who are the the, the third question that i ask myself is okay so you have you have an international law that is there which is called the unra the united king the united nation refugee agency that protects the rights of refugees and has a principle called a non-refoulement that ensures that countries don't return people to the country where their life or freedom would be at risk so do these countries sign this international law that they have to abide by it yes i got to know that countries have signed the 1951 refugee convention and the 1967 protocol Now this convention and the protocol it defines who the refu- who a refugee is it outlines the rights of refugees it sets out legal obligations for of countries to protect it so countries who have signed this 1951 convention and the 1961 or all the 1967 protocol are abided are f- enforced by law to abide by 
this principle of non-refoulement, of protecting the rights of refugees. They're not allowed to take it back. And then I want to know, okay, let me just see whether the United Kingdom, the United States, India, and other countries are kind of signed to it. Many countries have signed to this uh, convention, you know, or this protocol that that forces them to, uh, uh, you know, where they have agreed to uphold the rights and to provide protection to refugees who arrive at their borders. So all that I'm saying is, if you didn't want to, if you don't want to take refugees and you're sending them to Rwanda or you don't accept them at the border and just kind of keep them, uh, keep them isolated in some shanties or whatever, then why did you sign these conventions? Don't sign it, right? Because you're not, you're not going to be obliged to follow the law. Don't sign the convention. Don't sign the protocol. No one's going to force you to do it. But these guys, they sign. These countries, they sign the protocol, sign the, uh, sign the convention because there are benefits of signing this international law. You know, like those international corporations, corporation, they, they have an improved reputation uh, and they become champions of human rights. There are economic benefits of doing that. They enhance their international standards. And because of that, countries like United Kingdom, countries like the United States, countries like India, uh, countries like uh, the rest of the world, you know, they sign this international law, uh, which is the convention and the protocol that they would protect refugees. So then they want to eat their cake. They want to have their cake and eat it too. You know, they want to have the benefits of signing this convention and protocol and they also want to kind of reject refugees, which doesn't work that way, you know. Unsign those. Un you could just unsign those protocols and convention. And don't accept refugees. Like, for instance, North Korea, Singapore, Malaysia, Bhutan, Myanmar, Burma. They have not signed this convention of international law. International law of uh, abiding to uphold the rights to pro provide protection to refugees or have at the borders. So no one's, they're not obligated to take refugees, which is fine. You know, of course... Uh, if you look at it in the point of view of humanity's sake, they should they should accept it, but they're not obliged to do it as per law. But other countries who have signed it, you've got to accept refugees. You know, you can't just say, "Hey, I'm not," and then also say, "But I'm going to be remain signed to this treaty because you know I'm getting the benefits of it." Nah, something's not right. Something's not right. You know. You can't, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You know, you have, you can have it both ways. Choose one. You remain signed to the international law for refugees and accept refugees or you unsign to this international law and then it's okay if you say, hey, I'm not accepting refugees anymore that's fine you know oh, what's going on man <laughs> what's going on that's what I'm saying you know so these were a few things that were bothering me what's going on and I say and I wake up in the morning and I sit outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high and I scream on top of my lungs what's going on
yeah so after I did that uh, I just talked about what's going on in my head right now you know everything I said was what's going on in my mind actually all right so uh, that's all that I had for this week I mean not this week man what should I say this month no I can't say this month should I say bi-monthly no I can't because uh, what happens is I don't know when I'm going to be with my next episode next. You know, this is going to be, hey, man, I'm ready. I'm going to do it. You know, that kind of thing. But anyways, I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much for listening. Like, I really love you guys so much, man. Like, why would you listen to a podcast by just a nobody? Like, I'm just like a nobody. Like, you know, why would you listen to me? Doesn't make sense. But... Yeah, you guys listen, and uh, <laughs> thank you so much. I really love you guys for doing that. Um, uh, I'm going to play uh, n- this Nicki Minaj verse, and I'm not going to sing with it because I know I sound stupid, but uh, I just want to kind of play this, and I'll be on the side of the song. Yeah, I'm just going to be, uh, this is all that I had for this this um, this episode. Um, so here it is, Nicki Minaj, uh, Seeing Green. Hey yo, I am the star in any room that I stand in. I am the standout. You just my stand-in. These bitches copy my homework. That's what they hand in. That's why I'm private like the airports I land in. Life is a beach house. Don't let the sand in. I ball in any arena. Collect the fans in. I should go cop a New Jersey. That's where the Camden. These bitches time tick-tocking. Better stick to dancing. I D and cheat the wallet. My money's rolling brolic. Big ass backyards just to pop a big frolic. One margarita pizza with parmesan and garlic. These bitches thirsty, I can see why they alcoholics. Ain't gotta ever talk about it when you are about it. Just bought a new car, not to drive it, but to walk around it. Just call me Nikki, cock the blicky, the menage is silent. Brand new vanilla Maserati, I've been hogging dozen. He call me solid, even though I'm dripping water diet. Big booty sticking out. My daisy dupes to cause a riot These bitches still my sons Who could ever deny it My pack's pick different Who could ever supply it No one bitch could be my op That shit offends me It's corporate giants and machines That went against me I watched bitches Man, they couldn't even rinse me She said she hot I said, well, bitch, come and convince me Ain't no seeing green that's all that i had for this week guys thank you so much for listening i really love you guys so much you know for all those guys who really press the play button hey man i don't know what to say thank you uh until next time baby bye 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 bye